Welcome to Real Talk Manitoba, a podcast bringing you monthly insights into all things real estate from Manitoba Realtors. Welcome back and thanks for joining us for episode 11 of Real Talk Manitoba. I'm your host, David Von Manfeld, and I'm delighted to welcome from Remax Executives Realty, Stacey Burroughs. Stacey, welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me, David. I'm really looking forward to this. It's a pleasure. And I want to give you a proper introduction, but instead, how about if I ask you to introduce yourself? My name is Stacey Burroughs. As you said, I'm with Remax Executives Realty. I've spent my whole career there. I got my license in 2014. And if you find me on social media, most of my stuff will say that I am your Charleswood Realtor. Nice. So how'd you get into real estate? Funny enough, I actually lived next door to a realtor and he came and knocked on my door and asked me one day to join him. And it wasn't quite the right time. So I kind of pushed back for a couple months or so. And then I decided, you know what? Okay, let's do this. And so I joined as his licensed assistant. Uh, I had a young family at the time. So it was an opportunity for me to get in, learn the ropes. And then within a couple of years, because the rules were a little bit different then, I was ready to spread my wings, put my own name out there and see what I could do in the industry. How'd you find it with a young family just getting your feet wet in the industry? Um, Honestly, for me, it probably was the best case scenario in that the realtor that I joined, he, he wasn't run off his feet at that time. So it was an opportunity for me to get a real feel for the industry understand the systems, the processes, the documentation, how to do things properly. He was a great source for not only the documentation, but also his knowledge of homes and what to look for and things like that. And it just made it an easier and smoother transition for me to go from, because at that time I was staying at home. I used to do pharmaceutical sales. And after my second child, I chose to stay home. And then when John approached me, it was about the right time to get back into it. So it just made for a smoother transition into the industry for sure. So you mentioned you're in Charleswood and I wanted to ask you, you know, if you specialize in one area of real estate, but you might've answered that already. (laughs) Yes. Well, I live about 10 houses down from the house that I grew up in and my folks are still there. So it's a little Ray Romano-ish for some but I love it. So I've spent almost my entire life in Charleswood and it just made the most sense growing up here, going to school, people in Winnipeg tend to generally stay in the end of the city that they grew up in and raising my kids here, coaching soccer. It just made the most financial sense to market out here where I have the most connections. I still work all over the city and inside or pardon me and outside of the city as well, but it just makes the most financial sense to spend my marketing dollars here. So since you finished high school 20 years ago, how has Charleswood changed since then? 20 years ago, I love it. You know what? It's funny. There's There's been quite a few changes. The number of new developments that have come up, the resurgence in not only we've seen some houses getting torn down and rebuilt, but even just the remodeling of houses and whatnot. And we're seeing, as I was mentioning, a lot of people tend to stay in the area that they grew up in. And the street that I'm on, we have at least 10 of the original owners still on the street. And so I find that that is a common theme throughout Charleswood is that the people tend to stay in their homes a little bit longer, but we're finally at that stage where we're starting to see more and more younger families come in. The pocket that I live in as well, the attendance at the local school was down just because people stay longer, but we're now starting to see the uh, revitalization and, and turnover. 
Well, you know what? I, I totally agree. I know the neighborhood a little bit myself, and I swear people do not want to leave and people <laughs> stay as long as they absolutely can. And I do not blame them. So what do you love the most about being a realtor? Honestly, for me, it's the people. Number one is the people. I like being around people. I did my degree in microbiology and that was geared towards having to be in a lab for the rest of my life. And while I found the content fascinating, I just knew that I couldn't do that for the rest of my life. So for me, it's being able to spend time with people, being able to help and feel like I'm making a difference, whether it's I'm making it a more smooth, seamless transition, taking away some of the stress, helping them achieve the goals that they want to achieve, and just being someone that they know that they can trust and rely on. I also like the variability of our schedule and stuff. It gives me the freedom to get the different things done in my life that I want to get done as well. So, but honestly, at the end of the day, it, it's, it's really about the people for me. So who is your perfect client? I wouldn't say that I have a perfect client. However, what I would say, buyer or seller, as long as it's someone that wants to and is willing to work with me and partner with me to get the best possible result for what they're looking for, that's the ideal client for sure. Because let's be honest, not everybody wants to compromise, at least not right away, right? Correct. Yes. <laughs> this is so, true. So maybe I kind of answer this inadvertently, but let me flip that around. What's the worst type of client? <laughs> You know what, even the ones who initially sort of are, are thinking that things should go a certain way and I'm sort of, sort of suggesting a different track, we're still able to work together as long as they can be open-minded to have a conversation around it. I guess maybe the worst kind of client is somebody who is, is closed-minded, thinks they know everything, is not trusting of the relationship that we have and what I'm bringing to the table. And it just feels that maybe they can guide the process best without sort of partnering. Let's just switch to do a little bit of market talk here. You know, it's been a crazy couple of years. I don't need to tell you that, but has there been anything that's, you know, really stood out or surprised you about everything that's unfolded here in the market? I, have, I mean, it's definitely been a roller coaster. There's no two ways about that. Normally we're a little more of a steady eddy market here where we ride a bit of a smoother wave. So the pace with which some things have changed, that's definitely been interesting. And Staying connected with my different colleagues, whether they're at Remax or at, with other brands, has been very valuable in terms of getting a temperature for what's going on in the market. You know, what are you seeing? What about this? What about that? Um, but honestly, I think one of the things that I've seen more of in the past couple of years than I had seen previously was challenging clients. And I know that that just comes down to people are feeling a lot of stress and anxiety during this time. And it seeps into all aspects of their life, whether they intend for it to be that way or not. And so it's really just standing back and, and trying to appreciate where someone is coming from and, and put yourself in their shoes. You're totally right. It's it's been a tough couple of years, and I think everybody's seen someone shouting at someone at the grocery store, you know, <laughs> since since COVID happened. So I hear you. Is there anything you've learned just in terms of how you prepare your your clients uh, in a complicated market? Is there any kind of piece of advice you'd maybe pull out? I have to say that I think regardless of the market that we're in, the best sort of preparation that you can have is being honest with your clients and really letting them know where things are at and what your understanding is, provide them the information. Because if you provide them with anything that's misleading or just tell them what they want to hear, you're ultimately going to set them up for frustration and additional stress, plus for yourself as well, that you're going to feel that too. So I think if you just 
let them know where the chips currently lay as best as possible. I think that that's the best thing that you can do, whether this is an adjusting market or if we're just in a steady market. Okay, so I'm going to ask you to put on your wizard hat, close your eyes, you know, put your, <laughs> put your hands on the crystal ball. Where do you think I, things are going to go between now and the end of the year? I was just going to say, David, didn't didn't I tell you that my crystal ball is in the shop right now? Uh, uh -oh, it's inaccessible. Uh -oh. You know what? That's the million dollar question. And um, I'm not sure that anybody has a firm answer to that. During COVID, we've been saying, you know what? This pace can't continue. At some point, it has to change. It just cannot continue like this. The question then was, at what point will it change? And when it does change, are we going to swing from that heavy seller's market into a balanced market? But is the pendulum going to rest there or is it going to continue on and slide into a buyer's market? We're still waiting to see. We're definitely, and again, as that saying goes, all markets are local. So different parts of Winnipeg perform differently. But I think we can all agree, for the most part, we've definitely slipped out of that seller's market and in areas where we're getting, we're brushing up against that balanced market, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, is that going to continue? And I think that the interest rates have definitely had an impact. The next one, I think, again, will continue along that trend. And it's just, will people settle into that or will they still sort of stand back and say, let's just wait and see what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I totally agree because, you know, no one's, no one's surprised. Everybody was saying that the previous trajectory was completely unsustainable and things have definitely kind of come down a little bit. Inventory's back in some places, but not others. Are you, are you finding it a little tougher to kind of talk the birds out of the trees and encourage people to list, even if maybe they wouldn't quite get as much as they might've back in May? To be honest, I found that um, we've seen, like you said, we're not quite where we were before, but we're definitely seeing more homes coming to market, which is great to see. But what we've now seen or what I'm finding is that the buyers are now stepping back. And so while the buyers were heavy before, and that's what was driving up the prices was there just weren't enough homes for all the buyers that were there. We're now starting to get that inventory back, not to the same degree yet, but the buyers have also stepped back as well. And as such, the sales are down. I don't, um, I don't see yet that the sellers are like, oh, this isn't a good time to sell. I shouldn't do this. As we're seeing more homes come to market, it's more the buyers that are um, a little concerned. Like I had one client who had a variable approval. And so she went back to the bank. We were all set to write an offer two hours before writing the offer. She finally heard back from the bank and she was no longer approved or would not be for that property. And so as such, we weren't able to write that offer. So we're yeah. definitely seeing a little more of that. Yeah, brutal. All right. So should we have a little more fun? We've had so we got Let's to know you a bit. We've had some market talk. So funny story. Go. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I have two. I guess the first one, maybe not so funny, but in hindsight, it's like, oh my gosh. So the first one was I had a house for sale. Like I had listed a house. The gentleman had already moved. It was the middle of winter time. And I was to go do a showing and I show up to the house and I'm like, why are the windows all frosted over? And that's, it's freezing in there. And I take my shoes off as you do. And it's almost hurts to walk on the floor. It's so cold. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And by the, I didn't have any time to figure anything out before the people walked in. So we did the showing and instantly I'm, my dad is my go-to. I'm calling my dad. Oh my gosh, dad, I think the, the furnace is broken. So called hydro. And they said, you know, because of course it's the middle of winter and it's freezing and they're backed up. I sat in my car for two to three hours waiting for them to arrive. 
And they came, they did what they could do. They said, you're going to have to call a service technician. They're going to have to deal with it. Did that. And uh, I had, so this was now the next day. I had a showing at four o'clock that afternoon. And as I walk into the house, because the furnace is now on and he's turned it up and I just want to make sure everything's good. I'm wiping down the windows because all the frost has now melted and all the windowsills and everything. I thought enough to bring towels. And as I'm walking through the kitchen, all of a sudden I feel something drop on my head. I'm like, what the heck? And then I look up and there's a bead of water across the ceiling. Oh no. The pipes had frozen and now they were starting to burst. And part of the problem was, which I've since learned, always an opportunity to learn, um, in that situation, you need to bring the temperature of the house up gradually. Don't just crank it up and then think that's the solution because the pipes need time to adjust. So, and if you have time for another quick story here in Charleswood, I went to show a house and I swear to God, they had an attack cat. <laughs> in the house. So this thing started following me and I don't, I love dogs. I'm really good with dogs. Cats make me a little nervous. And so it followed me downstairs and it literally chased me into the back room and there were two doors to the back room. And so I closed one and I watched it start to walk around to the other side to get to the door. So I'm running through the back room to get to the other door to shut it. I've now closed myself in the basement, waiting for my clients to arrive. Thank goodness I had my phone on me because I text them. Oh, and the cat stuck its paw under the door. It was trying to pull the door open. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness my clients like cats. So I said, you're gonna have to come rescue me. I'm in the basement. <laughs> you know, the spray bottle technique works, right? You got a cat that kind of needs to like get off the bed. You just give it a little psh, psh. So. Well, if I had one handy. <laughs> I, I could have employed that, but uh, no, it was just me and my phone at that point and my wits. <laughs> so I was going to ask you your best day as a realtor and your worst day. I think you already answered the worst day one with the, with the burst pipes, but uh, you know, over 14 years, is there one day that sticks out the most as like, that was my best day. There isn't one single day that comes to mind. There's lots of moments throughout the week where it's either, I feel like, I've done something really good for my client. I've, I've either negotiated something really well. I've changed something within their house. that's going to show it better. I'm very hands-on as well with a lot of my listings, like the amount of things that I've done, David, you have no, I've supplied my own pots for people's front steps. I've pulled up carpet. I've painted. It's ridiculous. Um, but I think honestly, the thing that makes me smile the most is knowing that I've done something really good for my clients and for them to say, thank you. You did a fantastic job. When you get a referral from them, that makes it all worthwhile for some of the hard days. Well, now that we've already gotten warm and fuzzy, let's get a little more warm and fuzzy because giving, <laughs> <laughs> and I know I don't need to tell you this, but giving back to the community is something that we're, we're really big on in the real estate uh, industry. Is there anything that, uh, you like to do either charitably or at the community level to give back? To be very honest, in the moment, there isn't something that I'm doing currently. I need to get back into it. I've done a lot of coaching for soccer, both provincially and then at the rec level as well. I've had two teams at a time just because they were strapped for coaches. So I said, sure, let's do it. I also used to work with kids sport. And so that's also a charity that allows children the ability to play sport who otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity due to financial restrictions. That was a great experience. And then COVID, it kind of shifted and morphed and changed a little bit. So at that time, that's when I stepped away. So yeah, I definitely am looking to get back into doing something for sure. That's awesome. Well, in Charleswood, we need a wave pool. And I think there's some space down at Varsity. So maybe we... <laughs> Maybe we can talk offline and we can kind of find a way to figure that out. So last question here, 
there's 2,600 amazing realtors in Manitoba. Oh my gosh. Why you? Why not me? No. Why not you? Oh, there you go. Hey, you Sorry, that was the total answer for the psychology question, right? Why? Why not? Why you? Why you? I think one of the things that I bring to the table is I'm genuinely interested and invested in my clients. My heart is fully in it. I want to see them happy and do well. Honesty is the cornerstone of my business. I, I absolutely will tell you what you need to hear. It may not be what you want to hear. And I, I definitely will wrap it up nicely, but there's no value or benefit in me just telling you what it is that you want to hear. Cause it's going to get us, it's not going to get us any further towards reaching your real estate goals. Awesome. Well, Stacy, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast and to our listeners. Thanks so much for joining in for episode 11. My name is David Von Mayenfeld, and please stay tuned for the next episode and even more great discussion on the real estate market in Manitoba.